41. The foot, and the terminal tear the capsule. The first paraclinal divisions in the cells of the terminal tear separate a central group of cells which form the sterile columellicol. The archosporium arises by the next divisions in the outer layer of cells, and thus extends over the summit of the columella. In none of the liverworts does the sporogonium develop by means of an apical cell, as is the rule in mosses, leaving details of form and structure to be considered under the several groups. Some general features of the hepatici may be looked at here in relation to the conditions under which the plants live. The organization of the gametophyte stands in the closest relation to the factors of light and moisture in the environment. With hardly an exception the liverworts are dorsiventral, and usually one side is turned to the substratum and the other exposed to the light. Intheloia forms a thinner marginal expansion or a definite wing increasing the surface exposed to the light can be distinguished from a thicker midrib serving for storage and conduction. The leaves and stem of the foliosforms affect the same division of labor in another way. The relation of the plant to its water supply varies within the group. In the Mercadiales the chief supply is obtained from the soil by the rhizoids, and its loss in transpiration is regulated and controlled. In most liverworts, on the other hand, water is absorbed directly by the whole general surface, and the rhizoids are of subordinate importance. Many forms only succeed in a constantly humid atmosphere, while others sustain drying for a period though their powers of assimilation and growth are suspended in the dry state. The cell walls are capable of imbibing water rapidly, and their thickness stands in relation to this rather than to the prevention of loss of water from the plant. The large surface presented by the leafy forms facilitates the retention and absorption of water. The importance of prolonging the moistened condition as long as possible is further shown by special adaptations to retain water either between the oppressed lobes of the leaves or in special picture-like sacs. Intheloid forms fimbriate or lobed margins or outgrowths from the surface lead to the same result, sometimes adaptations to protect the plant during seasons of drought, such as the rolling up of the thallus in many xerophytic mercadiales, can be recognized, but more often a prolonged dry season is survived in some resting state. The formation of subterranean tubers, which persist when the rest of the plant is killed by drought, is an interesting adaptation to this end and is found in all three groups e.g. in species of Richa, Fosombronia and Anthoceros. No examples of total saprophytism or of parasitism are known, but two interesting cases of a symbiosis with other organisms which is probably a mutually beneficial one, though the nature of the physiological relation between the organisms is not clearly established, may be mentioned. Fungal hyphae occur in the rhizoids and in the cells of the lower region of the thallus of many liverworts as in the endotrophic mycorrhiza of higher plants. Colonies of Nostoc are constantly found in the Anthocerotaceae and in Blasia. In the latter they are protected by special concave scales, while in the Anthocerotaceae they occupy some of the mucilage slits between the cells of the lower surface of the thallus. Other adaptations concern the protection of the sexual organs and sporogonia, and the retention of water in the neighborhood of the archegonia to enable the spermatozoid to reach the ovum. In forms the sexual organs are often sunk in depressions, while in the foliosforms protection is afforded by the surrounding leaves. In addition special involucres around the archegonia had arisen independently in several series. The characters of the sporogonium had as their object the nutrition and effective distribution of the spores, and only exceptionally, as in the anthocerotaceae, are concerned with independent assimilation. In most forms the capsule is raised above the general surface at the time of opening, usually by the rapid growth of the seed, but in the Mercadiaceae by the sporogonia being raised on a special orchigonia form, 
the elators serve as lines of conduction of plastic material to the developing spores, and later usually assist in their dispersal. The spores, with few exceptions, are unicellular when shed, and may develop at once or after a resting period. In their germination a short filament of a few cells is usually developed, and the apical cell of the plant is established in the terminal cell. In other cases a small plate or mass of cells is formed, with one or two exceptions. However, this preliminary V.04P.0648 phase, which may be compared with the protonum of mosses, is of short duration. The power of vegetative propagation is widely spread. When artificially divided small fragments of the gametophyte are found to be capable of growing into new individuals, apart from the separation of branches by the decay of older portions, special gemmae are found in many species. In any of the contents of superficial cells, after becoming surrounded by a new wall and dividing, escape as bicellular gemmae. Usually the gemmae arise by the outgrowth of superficial cells, and become free by breaking away from their stalk. When separated they may be single cells or consist of two or numerous cells. In Blasia and Mercadia the gemmae are formed within tubular or cup-shaped receptacles, out of which they are forced by the swelling of mucilage secreted by special hairs. Illustration, Figure 5, Mercadia polymorpha. After sex, a portion of phallus T-bearing two stalked antheridiophores who, the longitudinal section through a young antheridiophore. The antheridia are seated in depressions of the upper surface O, B scales, H rhizoids, C longitudinal section of antheridium, street stock, W wall, D two spermatozoids, mercadiales. The plants of this group are most abundant in warm sunny localities, and grow for the most part on soil or rocks often in exposed situations. Nine genera are represented in Britain. Targenia is found on exposed rocks, but the other forms are less strikingly xerophytic. Mercadia polymorpha and lunularia spread largely by the gemmae formed in the special gemma cups on the thallus, and occur commonly in greenhouses. The large thallus of conocephalus covers stones by the waterside, while Demordiera is a hygrophyte confined to damp and shady situations, among the richaceae, most of which grow on soil. Rich echarpas and rich anatons occur floating on still water. The dorsoventral thallus is constructed on the same plan throughout the group and shows a lower region composed of cells containing little chlorophyll and an upper stratum specialized for assimilation and transpiration. The lower region usually forms a more or less clearly marked midrid, and consists of parenchyma two cells, some of which may contain oil bodies or be differentiated as mucilage cells or sclerenchyma fibers. Behind the apex, which has a number of initial cells, a series of amphigastria or ventral scales is formed. These consist of a single layer of cells and their terminal appendages often fold over the apex and protect it. Usually they stand into rows, but sometimes accessory rows occur, and in which only a single median row is present. Bethalus bears two sorts of rhizoids, wider ones with smooth walls which grow directly down into the soil, and longer, narrower ones, with peg-like thickenings of the wall projecting into the cell cavity. The peg rhizoids, which are peculiar to the group, Converge under shelter of the amphigastria to the midrid, beneath which they form a wick-like strand. Through this water is conducted by capillarity as well as in the cell cavities. The upper stratum of the thallus is constructed to regulate the giving off of the water thus absorbed. It consists of a series of air chambers figure 6. Be formed by certain lines of the superficial cells growing up from the surface. And as the thallus increases in area continuing to divide so as to a roof in the chamber. The layer forming the roof is called the epidermis. 
and the small opening left leading into the chamber is bounded by a special ring of cells and forms the stoma, or air pore. In most species of Richard the air chambers are only narrow passages, but in the other mercantiles they are more extended. In the simplest cases the sides and base of the chambers perform the work of assimilation e.g. corsinia. Usually the surface is extended by the development of partitions in the chambers rebulia, or by the growth from the floor of the chamber of short filaments of chlorophyllous cells targemia. Mercadia. Figure 6. The stomata may be simply surrounded by one or more series of narrower cells, or, as in the thallus of Mercadia and on the archigoniophores of other forms, may become barrel-shaped structures by the division of the ring of cells bounding the pore. In some cases the lowermost circle of cells can be approximated so as to close the pore. In Demordiera the air chambers are absent, their formation being only indicated at the apex. Illustration. Figure 6. Mercadia polymorpha, a stoma in surface view, the air chamber with the filaments of assimilating cells and stoma in vertical section, from Strasburger's textbook of botany, the sexual organs are always situated on the morphologically upper surface of the thallus, in which they are scattered singly and protected by the air chamber layer, the scattered position of the antheridia is also found in some of the higher forms, but usually they are grouped on special antheridiophores which in Mercadia are stalked. Disc-shaped branch systems figure 5. The individual antheridia are sunk in depressions from which the spermatozoids are in some cases forcibly ejected. The archigonial groups in corsinia are sunk in a depression of the upper surface, while in targemia they are displaced to the lower side of the anterior end of a branch. In all the other forms they are borne on special archigoniophores which have the form of a disc-shaped head borne on a stalk. The archigoniophore may be an upgrowth from the dorsal surface of the thallus e.g. plagiochisma, or the apex of the branch may take part in its formation, when the disc, around which archigonia are developed at intervals, is simply raised on a stalk-like continuation of the branch. A single groove protecting a strand of pegrizoids is found on the ventral face of the stalk rebulia. In the highest forms e.g. mercadia the archigoniophore corresponds to the repeatedly branched continuation of the thallus and the archigonia arise in relation to the growing points which are displaced to the lower surface of the disc. In this case two grooves are found in the stalk. The archigonia are protected by being sunk in depressions of the disc or by a special tulipped involucre. In Mercadia and Fimbriaria an additional investment termed in descriptive works the perianth, grows up around each fertilized archigonium figure 1, 3. D the simple sporogonium found in the rich assay figure 4. A has been described above, as the spores develop. The wall of the spherical capsule is absorbed and the spores lie free in the calyptra, by the decay of which they are set free. In Corsinia the capsule has a well-developed foot, but the sterile cells found among the spore mother cells do not become elators, but remain thin-walled and simply contribute to the nutrition of the spores. In all other forms elators with spirally thickened walls are found. The seta is short, the capsule being usually raised upon the archigoniophore. Dehiscence takes place either by the upper portion of the capsule splitting into short teeth or falling away as a whole or in fragments as a sort of operculum. The spores on germination form a short germ tube, in the terminal cell of which the apical cell is established, but the direction of growth of the young thallus is usually not in the same straight line as the germ tube. The mercadiales are divided into a number of groups which represent distinct lines of advance from forms like the rich assay but the details of their classification cannot be entered upon here. The general nature of the progression exhibited by the group as a whole will, however, be evident from the above account. Younger Meniales, this large series of liverworts, 
which presents great variety in the organization of the sexual generation, is divided into two main groups according to whether the formation of orchigonia terminates the growth of the branch or does not utilize the apex. The latter condition is characteristic of the more primitive group of the Anacrogynus Jungermaniaceae, in which the branch continues its growth after the formation of Orchigonia so that they and later the Sporogonia stand on the dorsal surface of the thallus or leafy plant. In the Acrogynus Jungermaniaceae the plant is throughout folios, and the Archigonia occupy the ends of the main shoot or of its branches. The Antheridia are usually globular and long-stalked. The capsule opens by splitting into four halves. Illustration Figure 7. Blasia pusilla. The margin of the thallus bears leaf-life lobes. Arizoids. S. sporogonium. From Strasburger's textbook of botany. Jungermaniaceae anacroginae. The great range of form in the sexual plant is well illustrated by the nine genera of this group V.04p.0649 which occur in Britain. One thalloid form has already been described in Pelia figure 2. Spherocarpus. Which occurs rarely in stubble fields is in many respects one of the simplest of the liverworts. The small phallus bears the antheridia and archigonia, each of which is surrounded by a tubular involucre, on the upper surface of distinct individuals. The sporogonium has a small foot, but the sterile cells among the spores do not develop into elaters. The same is true of the capsule of Riella. The plants of this genus, none of the species of which are British, grow in shallow water rooted in the mud, and are unlike all other liverworts in appearance. The usually erect thallus has a broad wing-like outgrowth from the dorsal surface and two rows of rather large scales below. No provision for the opening of the capsule exists in either of these genera. In enera the form of the plant may be complicated by a division of labor between root-like, stem-like and assimilating branches of the thallus. The sexual organs are borne on short lateral branches, while in the related genus Metzgeria, which occurs on rocks and tree trunks. The small sexual branches spring from the lower surface of the midrib of the narrow thallus. In these two genera the elaters are attached to a sterile group of cells projecting into the upper end of the capsule, and on dehiscence remain connected with the tips of the valves. Pallavicinia and some related genera have a definite midrib and broad wings formed of one layer of cells, and are of interest owing to the presence of a special water-conducting strand in the midrib. This consists of elongated lignified cells with pent walls. Blasia pusilla which occurs commonly by ditches and streams, affords a transition to the folios types. Its thallus figure 7 has thin marginal lobes of limited growth, which are comparable to the more definite leaves of other anacrogynous forms. The ventral surface bears flat scales in addition to the concave scales which, as mentioned above, are inhabited by nostoc. This interesting liverwort produces two kinds of gemmy, and in the localities in which it grows is largely reproduced by their means, in Fossombronia of which there are a number of British species. The plant consists of a flattened stem creeping on muddy soil and bearing two rows of large obliquely placed leaves. The sexual organs are borne on the upper surface of the midrib, and the sporogonium is surrounded by a bell-shaped involucre which grows up after fertilization. Trebia, which grows on rotting wood in the mountain forests of Java, is similarly differentiated into stem and leaf, and is the largest liverwort known, reaching a length of 30 centimeters. Lastly haplomitrine, a rare British genus, forms with the exotic colobrine, an isolated group which is most naturally placed among the anacrogynous forms although the archigonia are in terminal groups. The erect branches bear three rows of leaves, and spring from a creeping axis from which root-like branches destitute of rhizoids extend into the substratum. Illustration, Figure 8, 
Chilosiphus polyanthus. The plant bears three mature sporogonia which show the elongation of the seed. One of the sporogonia has opened. Be the perianth with the small paracaceal leaves below it. After gobel. Younger maniacea croginae. The plant consists of leafy shoots. The origin of which can be understood in the light of the folios forms described above. The great majority of existing liverworts belong to this group. The general plan of construction of which is throughout very similar. In Britain 39 general with numerous species are found. With few exceptions the stem grows by means of a pyramidal apical cell cutting off three rows of segments. Each segment gives rise to a leaf. But usually the leaves of the ventral row and phagastria are smaller and differently shaped from those of the two lateral rows. In a number of genera they are wanting altogether. Sometimes the leaves retain their transverse insertion on the stem. And the two lobes of which they consist are developed equally. More often they come to be obliquely inserted, the anterior edge of each leaf lying under or over the edge of the leaf in front. The two lobes are often unequally developed. In Scapania the upper lobe is the smaller, while in Radula, Porida and the Lechunia this is the case with the lower lobe. The folding of one lobe against another assists in the retention of water. Picture-like structures had arisen in different ways in a number of genera, and are especially common in epiphytic forms for Alania, Lipidlana, Pleurosia. In some forms the leaves are finely divided, and along with the hair-like paraphilia form a loose weft around the stem tricocoli. The rhizoids spring from the lower surface of the stem, and sometimes from the bases of the leaves. The branches arise below and by the side of the leaves. Illustration, Figure 9. Cephalosia bicuspidata. Longitudinal section of the summit of a shoot bearing a nearly mature sporogonium. Sg. Still enclosed in the calyptra, R. Archigonia which have remained infertilized, street stem, belief, P. perianth, after Hothmeister, the sexual organs may occur on the same or on distinct individuals, the antheridia are protected by leaves which are often modified in shape, the archigonia are born at the apex of the main stem or of a lateral branch, a single archigonium may arise from the apical cell legionea, more commonly a number of others are formed from the surrounding segments. The leaves below the archigonial group are frequently modified in size and shape, but the chief protection is afforded by a tubular perianth, which corresponds to a coherent whorl of leaves and grows up independently of fertilization. The perianth serves also to enclose and protect the sporogonium during its development. In a number of forms belonging to different groups the end of the stem on which the sporogonium is born grows downwards so as to form a hollow tubular sac enclosing the sporogonium. In other cases this marsupial sac is formed by the base of the sporogonium boring into the thickened end of the stem. The sac usually penetrates into the soil and bears rhizoids on its outer surface. Condia, Calipogia and Sacogina are British forms, which have their sporogonia protected in this way. The sporogonium is very similar throughout the group figures 8, 9. At maturity the seed elongates rapidly, and the wall of the capsule splits more or less completely into four valves allowing the elators and spores to escape, in the jubiloidae, which in other respects form a well-marked group. The seta is short and the elators extend from the upper part of the capsule to the base, at dehiscence they remain fixed to the valves into which the capsule splits. The germinating spore usually forms a short filament, but in other cases a flat plate of cells growing by a two-sided apical cell is first formed radula, legionea. In one or two tropical forms the proembryonic stage is prolonged, and leafy shoots only arise in connection with the sexual organs. In Protocephalosia, which grows on bare earth in South America, this proembryo is filamentous, 
while in Lachuneometz geriopsis, which grows on the leaves of living plants, it is a flat-branched thallus closely applied to the substratum. Other cases of the plant being, with the exception of the sexual branches, apparently thalloid, are on the other hand to be explained as due to the reduction of the leaves and flattening of the stem of a Schutterosiella. Zoopsis, the Acrogynus youngermaniaceae fall into a number of natural groups, which cannot, however, be followed out here. They occur in very various situations, on the ground, on rocks and stones, on tree trunks, and, in the damp tropics, on leaves. Usually they form larger or smaller tufts of a green color, but some forms had a reddish tint. Illustration, Figure 10, Antoceros laevis, S.P. Sporogonium, C. columella, from Strasburger's textbook of botany, Antocero tales. This small and very natural group includes the three genera Antoceros, Dendroceros and Notophilus, and stands in V.04P.0650 many respects in an isolated position among the Briophytes. Three species of Anthoceros occur in Britain, growing on the damp soil of fields, ditches, and sea. The dark green thallus has an ill-defined midrib, and is composed of parenchyma two cells. In each assimilating cell there is usually a single large chloroplast. The apical region, which has a single initial cell, is protected by mucilage secreted by the mucilage slits, which are small pit-like depressions between superficial cells of the lower surface. Mucilage is also often formed in intercellular spaces within the thallus. Colonies of Nostoc are constantly found living in some of the mucilage slits which then become enlarged. The sexual organs are scattered over the upper surface. The stalked globular antheridia are exceptional in being formed endogenously, and are situated in groups in special intercellular spaces. The superficial layer of cells bounding the cavity does not break down until the antheridia are nearly mature. Occasionally antheridia develop on the surface of shaded portions of the thallus. The necks of the archegonia hardly project above the general surface of the thallus. In structure and development they agree with other hepatici, though differences of detail exist. The young sporogonium is protected by a thick calyptra derived from the tissue of the thallus around the archegonium. The sporogonium consists of a large bulbous foot, the superficial cells of which grow out into processes, and a long capsule which continues to grow for months by the activity of a zone of cells between it and the foot, and may attain the length of an inch and a half. The wall of the capsule is several layers of cells thick, and since the epidermis contains functional stoma and the underlying cells possess chlorophyll it is capable of assimilation. In the center of the capsule is a strand of narrow elongated cells forming the columella, and between this and the wall spores mixed with elaters are formed from the dome-shaped archosporium the origin of which has already been described figure 4. D. The capsule opens by splitting into two valves from the apex downwards, and the mature spores escape while others are developing in succession below. In Dendroceros, which grows as an epiphyte in the tropics, the thallus has a well-defined midrib and broad wings composed of a single layer of cells. The capsule is similar to that of Anthoceros, but has no stoma, and the elaters have spirally thickened walls. Some species of Anthoceros agree with it in these respects. Notophilus resembles Anthoceros in its thallus, but the sporogonium is much smaller. In some species, although the columella and archosporium arise in the usual way, both give rise to mingled spores and elaters, and no sterile columella is developed. Musi mosses, though the number of species of mosses is far greater than of liverworts, the group offers much less diversity of form. The sexual generation is always a leafy plant, 
which is not developed directly from the spore but is born on a well-marked and usually filamentous protonema. The general course of the life history and the main features of four men's structure will be best understood by a brief account of a particular example. Illustration, Figure 11, Funaria Hygrometrica, a leafy shoot G bearing a young sporogonium enclosed in the calyptra CB similar plant with an almost mature sporogonium, S seated, F capsule, C calyptra, C median longitudinal section of a capsule, with the seed gradually widening into the apophyses at its base, D operculum, P peristome, A annulus, C columella, S arcosporium, H airspace between the spore sac and the wall of the capsule. From Goebbels Flens and more follow me. By permission of W. Angelman Funaria Hygrometrica is a moss of very common occurrence even in towns on the soil of paths, at the foot of walls and in similar places. The small plants grow closely crowded in tufts, and consist of short leafy shoots attached to the soil by numerous fine rhizoids. The latter, in contrast to the rhizoids of liverworts, are composed of rows of elongated cells and are branched. The leaves are simple, and except for the midrib are only one layer of cells thick. The structure of the stendosimple is more complicated than in any liverwort. The superficial cells are thick-walled and there is a central strand of narrow cells forming a water-conducting tissue. The small strand of elongated cells in the midrib of the leaf runs down into the stem, but is not usually connected with the central strand. The sexual organs are developed in groups at the apices, the anterior group usually terminating the main axis while the archegonia are born on a lateral branch. The brown tint of the hair-like paraphys is mixed with anterioria figure 15 makes the male branch conspicuous. While the archegonia have to be carefully looked for enclosed by the surrounding leaves figure 16, be the sporogonium developed from the fertilized ovum grows by means of a two-sided apical cell figure 16a and is at first of uniform thickness. After a time the upper region increases in diameter and forms the capsule, while the lower portion forms the long seed and the foot which is embedded in the end of the stem. With the growth of the sporogonium the archegonial wall, which for a time kept pace with it, is broken through, the larger upper part terminated by the neck being carried up on the capsule as the calyptra, while the basal portion remains as a tubular sheath round the lower end of the cetacef. Figures 16, C and figure 11, AB the cedar widens out at the base of the capsule into a region known as the apophyses. The peripheral cells of the cedar are thick-walled, and it has a central strand of elongated conducting cells. In the epidermis of the apophyses functional stomata similar to those of the higher plants, are present and, since cells containing chlorophyll are present below the superficial layers of the apophyses and capsule, the sporogonium is capable of independent assimilation. The construction of the capsule will be best understood from the median longitudinal section figure 11. C. The central region extending between the apophyses and the operculum is composed of sterile tissue and forms the columella C immediately around this is the layer of cells from which the spores will be developed S and the layers of cells on either side of this form the walls of the spore sac, which will contain the spores, between the wall of the capsule, which is composed of several layers of cells, and the spore sac is a wide intercellular space H bridged across by trabecally consisting of rows of chlorophyll containing cells. At the junction of the operculum D with the rest of the capsule is a circle of cells forming the annulus A by help of which the operculum is detached at maturity as a small lid. Its removal does not, however, leave the mouth of the capsule wide open, for around the margin are two circles of plant teeth forming the peristome, 
These are the thickened cell walls of a definite layer of cells P and appear V.04P.0651 as separate T to the breaking down of the unthickened cell walls. The numerous spores which have been developed in the spore sac can thus only escape from the pendulous capsule through narrow slits between the teeth, and these are closed in damp air. The unicellular spores when supplied with moisture germinate figure 12 and give rise to the sexual generation. A filamentous protonum is first developed, some of the branches of which are exposed to the light and contain abundant chlorophyll, while others penetrate the substratum as brown or colorless rhizoids. The moss plants arise from single projecting cells, and numerous plants may spring from the protonum developed from a single spore. Illustration, Figure 12, Funaria Hygrometrica, After Gobel, A germinating spores, S wall of spore, The vacuole, W rhizoid, B part of a developed protonema, H creeping filament with brown walls from which the filaments of chlorophyll containing cells B arise, K young moss plant, W its first rhizoid. The majority of the mosses belong to the same great group as Funaria, the Bryles. The other two subdivisions of the Mussae are each represented by a single genus. In the Andreales the columella does not extend to the upper end of the capsule, and the latter opens by a number of lateral slits. The sphagnales also have a dome-shaped spore sac continued over the columella, and, though their capsule opens by an operculum, they differ widely from other mosses in the development of the sporogonium as well as in the characters of the sexual generation. The three groups are described separately below, but some more general features of the mosses may be considered here. On the whole mosses grow in drier situations than the liverworts, and the arrangements they present for the conduction of water in the plant are also more complete and suggest in some cases comparisons with the higher plants. In spite of this, however, they are in great part dependent on the absorption of water through the general surface of the shoot, and the power of rapid imbibition possessed by their cell walls, the crowded position of the small leaves on the stem, and special adaptations for the retention of water on the surface, have the same significance as in the folios liverworts, the different appearance of exposed mosses in dry weather.